8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. And the viewpoint, it certainly is. Warm welcome to you and looking forward to a great show tonight. Big hitter for the night is, I was going to say Seasway and Paul for Walt, but I think I should say hashtag S, let me get it right, SMWX. Because that's like this new code name for what you do. You're the big hitter for the first hour. Welcome to the show. It's such an honor and a privilege to be your final big hitter well, on well, this particular platform. It, it, it certainly is, and I'm glad I can engage with you. Absolutely, right? L- l- let's talk about that SMWX. Mm. What is it? SMWX is South Africa's first WhatsApp news channel, and it's an ambition to bring young people into the political conversation in South Africa and to center the experiences and the views of young South Africans as we dissect this election and perhaps even beyond this election. Okay, now when you say what, so there's a couple of things. One is the youth mm. and one is the WhatsApp. Sure. Let's talk about the youth. I did see yeah. some of your promos early on mm. and, and you made a bit of a striking point, right? Whether it's the one walking on Mandela Bridge or whatever. Yes. It's like, you know, we young people, we've got a view and since nobody wants to give us space, just build your own spaces. Do you, do you genuinely believe that that there's that that you're you're almost disenfranchised when it comes to sharing of opinion? I think so. I think as a young South African, you often feel like you're on the outside looking in, whether that's in Parliament, whether that's in the corporate space, and whether that's in the media space. And I quite frankly got tired of begging to be not myself, but for young South Africans to be taken seriously in in our conversation. And I realized that unless we build our own platforms, unless we bring the power that we should bring to bear to, to bear by actually building something of our own, then we'll forever be begging and, and mm. on the outside. And it's time for young South Africans to, to bring the ingenuity they have, the energy they have, the technological understanding they have to, to really try and reshape our political conversation. And why do you think that they're not being taken seriously? And, and in fact, who is not taking them seriously? It's difficult to know because young people are such an important and a major demographic in our society, Mm. and we are a young society. But I think we have a huge problem of ageism in in many of our cultures in South Africa. I think we've become used to being led by old men, unfortunately. Mm, mm, mm. And it's really time that we resuscitated the, the spirit that has often been part of our our country at, at different moments where young people have stood up and said, no, this time something needs to change. And that's a constant call and it's a constant uh, and important thing that young people have to keep reminding our society of. And and I'm just hoping to be a part of that. Not No one person can do it. No one person should imagine they can do it on their own. But I hope that this action inspires mm-hmm. other people to... To do and, the same. and yet, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of two examples in particular. One example would be a long time ago, June 1976. Mm. The other example is a fairly recent, you know, fees must fall and roads yeah. must fall. It goes with it. Oh yeah, driven by driven by young people and and effectively got the country to to take note, right? Which does suggest whether they have they haven't used you know conventional methods. Yeah, but young people are being heard. I think that's right. I think those two examples are really important. You could even think of, of the 1944 moment where the mm-hmm. ANC Youth League challenged an older generation. And these moments have punctuated our history. What I think is missing is I think young people have done tremendous work in mobilizing and in struggling against particular policies. So the policy of free education, which we now have, is largely due to young South Africans and their protest. But 
there's a sense in which after the momentum of those protests ends, the conversation is not sustained by a media infrastructure that that centers young people, that is owned by young people, and that that privilege their privileges their vantage point. And so, I really see this as complementary to a lot of the political work that young people are doing, because you always need a media infrastructure that complements the the political work that's going on in in, in the country. Okay, it's interesting as who says the media is not important. It's very clear. By the way, you can engage with uh, Cesar and Paul Walsh on air 089-1104207, Hashtag SFM Viewpoint if you are tweeting and you tag me, Ashraf Ghanda and SFM Radio and you can certainly tag him as uh, well. Uh, and then you have the option for a WhatsApp voice note 0614-104-107 maximum 30 seconds. In fact, if you're going to do just that, uh, yeah, those are the options that you have just general whatsapps uh, brother sms is 4093 it's interesting as i talk to you i mean of course we've chatted before mm, but mm. I, I don't think i've ever spoken to a person or a, or a family yeah. where i've spoken to a father yep. as in dali in Porfu. <laughs> i've spoken to to your mother yeah. as in terry oakley smith i've spoken to you and i speak to you yeah. once again and i've spoken to Samaya Hendricks says, and your wife. Yeah. I can't think of anybody else where I've yeah. spoken to four people that closely connected to each other. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I come from a family and, and, and a place where doing things and, and doing things in the political world, in the world of current affairs, in the world of, of our country is just, is just part of the, the furniture. I mean, <laughs> and, and, you know, many people see me through the prism of my father, obviously, because he's, he's a prominent person in our country, but I'm glad that you also reflect on the other people in my life who who have shaped me so fundamentally. And, 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 if, and if I can say this up front, each one of them, mm. and and let's say maybe the mo- the most relatively unknown would be Sumeya, much mm. to people's detriment as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I mean, she's got a great job at the at the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Yeah. Uh, each one, having spoken to them, have mm. absolutely held their own in their own spaces. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm very much a, a product of those close relationships. I learn a great deal from the people around me, from my mother, uh, from my wife, from my father, and, and from the many people who, who they are also connected to. And I think, although I have my own ideas, and, and my parents have certainly taught me to uh, to have those ideas and to disagree with them, their spirit of political engagement has been something that's been fundamental to my upbringing. Okay, we certainly will go back to your to your WhatsApp group. That, uh, as you said, it's not a WhatsApp group, but we'll get back <laughs> to that just now. Let's let's stay with the issue of, of intergenerational because it's a mm, nice mm. segue into that. You know, should people be having discussions as, you know, father, you know, father, mother, children, grandchildren about where we are as a country, what's the future, what are the problems and the stances we take, particularly now that we have a particular signpost called May the 8th. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, over the last three or four years, our country's really gone through many great convulsions, I would I would call them, from the fees must mm. fall moment to uh, the, the president resigning. And there's no way that we can build a, a society w- which is racked with the kind of problems that we have unless there's intergenerational conversation, intergenerational dialogue. But I think what is important is that often those intergenerational conversations take place in the venues and through the agendas of an older generation. And those venues are important, but we also need other venues where the voices of young people are taken seriously and in fact, an older generation listens as well as speaks back to a younger generation. And that's why I think SMWX is, is an important intervention in that regard, because we don't just want to speak to young people. For example, I'm not just going to interview young people, but 
say I interview an older politician, mm, mm. I'll ask an older politician, so listen, you know, what's the deal with this youth unemployment problem? Why are there so few people in the cabinet, you know, below the age of 40? And so I think bringing those conversations uh, into different venues is important for us as a country moving forward. Okay, but, but why do you think that is the case? I mean, you know, we look at the example of, of uh, the, the French uh, the French leader, the Canadian uh, president, mm. uh, the New Zealand president, mm. uh, and there could be many others that I can't remember the names, but they're all young, but they're all pretty dynamic. You may disagree with some of the politics, but overall there's, there's a dynamism, right? As, as a country that, that has come through apartheid and and is seemingly progressive. I mean, we can't say we've absolutely lagged behind. Like, if we look at the top 30, outside maybe the EFF, and we'll get to that just now, sure. but but there's, there's virtually nothing of note to say these are the top 20 most important politicians in our mm. country, and they're all young people. Yeah, it's very confusing because it's, it's funnily enough, those very young people who I think can unlock many of the of the doors to the solutions that our country needs you know, I think opposition politics generally does better. I think both the DA and the EFF have done better in their parliamentary lists than the ANC. But even the ANC has started to realize with a number of newer names on the list that they can't ignore this question for longer. I think the ANC has to have a, a conversation with itself just about the ageism in the party, the fact that, you know, I, I have very naughtily sometimes joked that how can you have a new dawn when the party <laughs> looks like an old age home? Um, and, you know, that culture is holding us back. You can almost feel the, the tiredness and the same ideas that come from that generation filter into government. And it just doesn't feel like we have a government right now that, that has the urgency that we need. And either political parties are going to catch up to that or unfortunately, at some point, they're going to be overtaken just by a new generation that demands a seat at the table. And, and it certainly seems to be the case right now. There's a couple of people saying, Ashraf, young people are an important component of society, but experienced adults are also important. Well, maybe I'm the more experienced one. I, but I, I must say, emphasis on young people in terms of where the, the energy comes. I've said so on the air before. I, I'm happy to be mentored by a young person. Goodness, look at all the great inventions of the world right now. That's exactly where, where it's going. Let's, we'll come back to, to the politics of the country. I'm going to get your take mm -hmm. on a range of things. But let's get, let's get back to your platform, SMWX, right? Sure. So you said it's a, it's, it's, it's what? It's, it's a news gathering platform? Firstly, it, in terms of what sure. you do? I, I call it a WhatsApp news channel, or we, we're calling it a WhatsApp news channel. And let me explain a little bit about okay. how it's different from a WhatsApp group, for mm, example. Mm. So you'd go onto smwx.co.za. You'll see a, a little widget on the website where you click a button and you go through to WhatsApp, just like a normal WhatsApp conversation. But instead of a conversation with a group of people, it's like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with me. But I'm currently having that one-on-one -on -one conversation where I send interviews, I send news, and I react to you and reply to you directly to over 8,500 people now. So it's a place where young people can go, where all South Africans can go, right on your phone, you get daily news updates, you get music videos, you get interviews with different people from different political parties. And you can really educate yourself before this election to see, and I'm not telling you who you should vote for, but you can see, okay, I feel like I've understood enough that I have an informed vote. And I think that's really important, especially for a younger generation who sometimes aren't being spoken to and don't know which party is actually taking their interest seriously. Okay, so, so it's in, in the first instance, it's driven through, through the WhatsApp 
I'm calling it group. Are you going to say That's platform, right? right? Yeah. 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 Let, let's be politically correct in terms of where <laughs> it is, right? But and and yes, and I've, I've logged on, right? So so the conversations. Great. Surely you're not replying to all eight thousand in one go. I mean, <laughs> you, you'd be surprised. You okay, fine. But um, me and and the team. Fair enough, are, right? Yeah, yeah. But. But I mean, there's a theme that means we are talking to you as yeah. as the anchor, right? Mm, mm. When it then, of course, comes to uh, the the interviews, unless I'm wrong, they they're housed on. I'm almost going to use the word traditional because that sounds very old, but they're not traditional. Yeah. They, as you fell in, I'm talking about things like YouTube or Facebook or 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 Twitter, wherever you're going live. So they're still housed on those platforms, right? As opposed to in on the WhatsApp group. That's right. In in this early phase, what we often do is I'll interview someone, upload the video onto YouTube. But the cool thing about the WhatsApp uh, channel is that I can then send you a message immediately and say, hey, there's a new episode out. You can be the first to see it. Part of the problem with the WhatsApp uh, channel, which we are actually solving quite quickly, is that the high cost of data in South Africa prohibits people from sort of just watching very um, – data-heavy material on their phones. Mm -hmm. But actually, over this week, we've been working on compressing material, video material. So over the next few weeks, what we're actually going to start doing is sending the videos directly over WhatsApp. But in the first few weeks, we just wanted people to feel comfortable about watching the material and and not sort of chowing too much data. Mm -hmm. And anecdotally, so far, and and in terms of empirical Mm. evidence, it's worked in terms of there's an appetite for what you do? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I've been absolutely blown away. I'd go so far as to say this is this is becoming something of a phenomenon. Um, you know, our wildest expectation was that we would get 10,000 people on this WhatsApp channel by the end of the election. And it's I think it's day 16 or something, and we're nearly about to do that. Also, on various other social media channels like Twitter, like YouTube, like Facebook, people are starting to have this conversation and, and really take this momentum and make it their own and my my main message to the people who are watching who are enjoying and even those who are disagreeing is don't hate replicate and we need many of these channels we need many young people to step forward and start having their own conversations and reclaiming the political conversation and it's just been wonderful to watch how because i could never have have made this catch Mm -hmm. fire as it has it's caught fire because people are sharing it one-on-one peer-to-peer by word of mouth. And and if you didn't have it on, on the WhatsApp group as the driver, as the quick driver, because mm. it's obviously people sign up. So once they yep. signed up, they're part of the system. I mean, nobody likes spam, right? And you're yep. not spamming anybody because they yeah. bought into the system. If you didn't have it on the WhatsApp group, um, do, do you think it will have as big attraction as, as what, what you have already? I don't. And, and, and I think the WhatsApp innovation has been central to this process because on the one hand, I think a lot of other social media is saturated. So you're getting bombarded with message after message on Twitter. Whereas with WhatsApp, we're able to have a more personal conversation with our users and and with our subscribers. And that's really helped us to learn more about them and made them feel more engaged by the content that we give them. And so I can have a whole conversation with someone Mm -hmm. um, on WhatsApp directly. Also, Part of the reason why I think WhatsApp is important is is because of questions of accessibility. So 50% of Southern African internet data, all the internet data goes through WhatsApp. I saw you said that that's, that's a frighteningly mm. important statistic, Absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. And, that, and, and so if, if we can crack the world of, of WhatsApp, as it were, and, and if we can unlock 
just how easy it is to share messages on WhatsApp. I mean, come on, everybody listening surely has some aunt that sends them a message on a WhatsApp group <laughs> or, a, or, or, a, or a nephew that sends them a link on WhatsApp. And we need to use that connectivity to actually start a productive political conversation that holds power to account, but that also generates positive solutions for okay. our country. And to find out who's the people who actually signed up, there's a couple of uh, further SMSs. I'll read that in just a second. Cesar and Paul Walsh with me. Uh, he's our big hitter for the night. We're talking about two things. Well, three things. The country. We're talking about where we are as a country. We're talking about the youth of our country. And we're also talking about SMWX, which is this, this news grouping uh, driven through WhatsApp, um, which, yeah, the traction has been quite phenomenal. I think around 10,000 people signed up in nine or 10 days. Now, if that was a political party, what would happen? I'm just thinking. I'm hinting aloud. It could well be my next question right after this. Golden Arrows mentor Steve Compella returns to Bloemfontein to prove how well he knows his former team, Bloemfontein Celtic, as Abafanabes Tende faces Suelele in the Netbank Cup quarterfinals on Saturday, the 30th of March, live on SABC1 at 2.30 p.m. Then, on Sunday, the 31st of March, watch the 22 men as they walk onto the pitch at the Momella Stadium as Kaiser Chiefs host the on-form Cape Town City in another quarterfinal clash. But only 11 will walk out victorious. Who will swim and who will sink? Catch both matches live on SABC1. Brought to you by SABC Sport. For the love of the game. Joburg's biggest inner-city charity art exhibition and sale is coming soon. Get ready for Night of a Thousand Drawings. We've received some awesome art so far, but you can still donate before the end of February. It's all art. Bring it. The event is on Saturday, 30 March at Victoria Yards in Josie. Gates open at 4 p.m. for live music, delicious food, and of course, the art. Get your tickets at Web Tickets or go to 1000drawings.co.za for more info. Catch Life Begins After Coffee, an original heartwarming six-part television actuality series, which delves into the uncharted realm of job creation for persons with disabilities. It further explores how ableist behavior and words impact the lives of persons with disabilities. My friend calls me stupid a lot, but I don't take it too hard. Don't miss Life Begins After Coffee, coming soon on SABC2, 6 April at 6pm. Brought to you by SABC Education. Enriching minds, enriching lives. Led by Martin Kremer, Mining Weekly offers unrivaled global coverage of the resources industry and the companies and people shaping it. Subscribe now at miningweekly.com. Kremer Media's Mining Weekly. Mining news around the clock. 8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Garda. This is Paul for Walsh, my big hitter for the night. Simpiwe is in Joburg. Welcome to the show, Simpiwe. Hi. Yeah, good. As, as always, Bob. good talking to you. Hey, let me speak to this young man. This is old Antoine. Hey, Bob. Say hello, good job, Bob. Hey, sharp man. Brahman, uh, I, I, I still think uh, your, your, your skill in this country is underutilized. I have one wish to see you leading NYTA someday. You know, with all the contribution that you have already done in this country at your age, Brahman, I so wish well for you, and we are right behind you. Okay, NYDA. Uh, okay, I can connect you to the CEO or the president. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Simpi. We're interesting. One. Let's talk about that about you very quickly. Uh, if if you say 
that that there needs to be more young people in parliament we need to do it with ageism and all those type of things you mentioned mm. um and i know there are many and you may not have been a fees for activist you were older than them but many of them are now entering that first year adam yeah. habib was here the other day was almost critical of it say well can you mm. see what's happened to them fine okay but the question is why would someone like yourself then not be in parliament why do you not think that it's important that you're not in parliament yeah no simpiwa thanks so much for for your supportive call and i really appreciate it and uh, yeah, it's just nice to have that affirmation. You know, um, th- there's a personal answer and then there's a political one, Ashraf. I mm. mean, we- we've spoken about the fact that my father's a prominent politician. And I think we have enough problems in this country with the sons of prominent people. Thinking- I thought about it yesterday <laughs> before today's interview. Yeah. There's two people in particular, but okay. <laughs> you know, just trying to take shortcuts. And, and I don't want to take shortcuts. And and so I'm deeply committed to this country. I could certainly see a, a future in which um, I was in, I was involved in, in active politics. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of work to be done to, to build new platforms and not just rely on the ones that have been created or, or rely on one's own personal connections. But, but, but let me ask you the serious question. Yes, you're the son of uh, Advocate Dalim Pofu, the chairperson of the EF, but also a prominent legal person in his own right. Mm. Why would you not, and I don't mean anything illegally about it, because hmm. that's a different debate, okay? Social capital is an important thing that we all connect with, okay? I know you because I know you. Otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't just have coffee with just about anybody. I mean, mm. that's the way the world works. Are you saying you'll you'll turn the social capital opportunities away because you don't want to be seen as taking advantage of, yeah. of your father's prominence? I, I think what I'm saying is I, I don't want to exploit them to – for private advantage or or to take a shortcut that that other people might might well deserve and i think that there is a crucial role that needs to be played right now which is not necessarily party political but is about galvanizing a generation of young people who may have political leanings one way or another but whose interests are actually more closely connected in terms of the fact that the generation as a whole is being silenced so i think that project is a is perhaps a more important one than you know taking up a seat in in parliament right now not to say that that's not an important thing to do and and i really support the young people who are doing it and i'm really excited to see mm, that mm, there are going to mm. be some younger voices but ultimately i think the platforms for for the expression of the youth voice are in many ways more sustainable than one term in parliament and that's that long-term vision is what i'm more interested in than the sort of short-term and, and, and the platform you would use i mean besides the this, this new media fl- platform which mm-hmm. is one example smwx yep. but is, is is there more you know and the more sort of uh, bricks and mortar structures which in where you would operate in outside of party politics you know this experience has certainly opened my my eyes to the need and the demand for for something like that i'm going to keep an open mind because in many ways this was an experiment and (laughs) continues to be an experiment and it'll be interesting to see the ways it evolves and it unfolds but I, i certainly think there is a need in our country for for people to express the frustration of young south africans and for that to have political power and and a media platform behind it that isn't reliant on any of the established channels. Well, there you are looking for solutions. Maybe it's interesting. We go to we we move on to somebody of what biblical or Quranic uh, uh, connotations. Lazarus, give us give us some advice. Yeah, hi, Lazarus. Hi, <laughs> sir. Good evening. Yeah, good talking to you. No, thank you to you and to your listeners and to your guest in the studio. Hey, thank you. 
as I raised my point, you know, the last time I applied, I, I, I was, I think, I applied for GP, how to enterprise propel, you know? mm. I was a young person at that, at that point, you know? I think it's, it's back in the days. Then I put my application, and then I wait for my application to be approved as a young person. Today I'm 37. I'm still waiting for the answer. I'm 37 today. Now the problem is one. When you apply as a person, you can't wait for 40 years for the things to happen. Believe in me, right now, obviously, I'm an elder. I don't even qualify. Now here's my issue. You see, the problem with our, 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 our leading organization, which is AMC, they promise us things, but then at the end of the day, they don't deliver. I applied when I was 25, today I'm 37. Now think about somebody who's, who's, who's 23 or 24, and then when they're 35, they still haven't got anything, even a feedback, even a letter that says you're rejected or mm-hmm. nothing happens. That is, a, that is my problem. All right, let, let's see. C- can you comment on that? Yeah, yeah sure. I, I think Lazarus makes an important point, and it's actually linked to Simpua's point about the NYDA, Lazarus mm. speaking mm. about the Enterprise Propeller and these various financial institutions which are supposed to you know, unlock opportunities for young people and finance and fund them. And the problem with, with that whole infrastructure is that on the one hand, cater deployment determines who actually runs those <laughs> those institutions. And so you don't necessarily have the, the best and most qualified young people. You have people who are trying to climb a political ladder and and you have to you have to play the political game to get there. On the one hand. On the other hand, because these institutions are so politicized, young people have to become subservient to a, a political party where mm-hmm. where at the end of the day, old people are making the decisions. And so I think that the bigger question is how do we depoliticize those institutions or at least departy politicize those institutions? And, and how do we build a new generation of people who aren't just trying to please an older generation, but who are taking their their the views of their generation more more seriously an important point there. thanks for that uh, thanks for that call Lazarus your 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 point about how, how do we do it you know what would be the answer I think we have to have a long conversation in in South Africa about how we depoliticize the state um, I actually think that's probably the one very quick win if we did it right that mm-hmm. we could where we could unlock a lot of potential I think you know it's incredible I how many talented young people I know who, you know, study at all kinds of places, you know, understand the the inequality in our country, but just can't access state jobs because Absolutely. because they're not politically connected and they don't want to be politically connected. And so we have to overhaul that that system and and just put the capable people who who are often young, at least give them the opportunity to serve the country. So I think that's one big quick win. There are many that I discuss um, in, in my book, Democracy and Delusion, but I think that's one crucial area. Well, well I mean, what, one, and, yes, and, and it's a book that I think you need to be reading, by the way, Democracy and Delusion. Uh, but one of the things that I pick up, and I think many other commentators say the same thing, mm. that, that all the political parties, the three main ones, that it could change after the election, but there maybe there's four main ones, but mm. let's say there's three for now. Mm. And then all these other smaller ones, each one of them has policies that you like and you admire about mm. each one of them and others that you don't like. That happened. That's natural. But I do. the one thing I think most of us are consistent on, and I certainly believe that, that I don't get the buying that each one of them genuinely believes that they are there to serve South Africa. I believe that they are as, you know, 
we were talking about football off the end, whether it's yeah. Liverpool or Man United or Kaiser Chiefs or Pirates, that type of bias to say, we're the best, forget about you. That's what football fans do. I get a sense that all these political parties are interested in just how they can grow their turf. And that is particularly disappointing and damaging. First of all, do you think that's true? I share that frustration. I think that party politics is often very much a zero-sum game, and especially when you introduce power and, and the opportunity to go to parliament and earn a big salary, that can that can blind people very quickly, and, and they start to fall for the lies of their own political parties. Whereas I think any normal person you know, sometimes feels like, okay, yeah, I think this party is saying something right. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they think, no, you made a mistake here. But it feels like when you go into party politics, you have to pretend like your party is always perfect and, and everyone else is always wrong. And part of the reason why I think this kind of media platform is a different way to approach the problem is is because as voters in this election and in all elections, we need to shed this notion that we have to be loyal to any political party forevermore. Mm. Each election I think as citizens, we should become wise and say, look, last time I voted for this party for this particular reason in this context, this time I'm voting for this party and I'm going to give them a trial period. And if they fail, then I'm moving to another party. But, but isn't, and, and I agree with you on that, but, but isn't, and I think many people have moved away from the loyalty factor because mm. if that was the case, the historical one would be the ANC yeah. end of discussion, starting from your dad, for example, sure. right? Uh, and many others, right? But I, I think the problem that we're having is that the political parties themselves, right, they play up this emotional, it's us or else. Yeah. Yeah. The ANC would, would still go back to like, you know, we're the ones who brought you uh, to deliver d- democracy. Uh, the, the DA would say, well, you know, we're the only ones who can still save South Africa. The EFF is, we're the ones that are the forerunners. We're giving you the land. We're doing, we are redressing imbalances. And they don't ever say it's us collectively. So what I'm saying, mm-hmm. are they, I agree with you, but are they not then perpetuating this tribalistic loyalty mm, and then we buying so. into it i think so i think so i think there's a lot of um dogmatic uh political rhetoric that that paints politics as and as us against them and you know there's so many interesting reasons for that i mean w- one of the reasons i think that that happens in a, is that in our specific kind of democracy you have to be someone's first choice so then you may be a party that that appeals to many people and you could be a majority's second choice. Mm, mm, mm. But because you only get rewarded for being people's first choice, then you have to polarize your rhetoric and, and aim for a market that, that really you know cares about the things that you say. And, and so your rhetoric becomes more polarized. And maybe a longer term conversation is about how the, our, democ- our electoral system itself privileges a polarized rhetoric as opposed to one that that tries to uh, meet people where they are because also in part of the don't you think that in terms of of the rhetoric there's a a lot of demonizing that takes place not just of individuals but also of concepts right to the point like we have the solution and i say that uh, because i think most of the parties in our country do that um i i think in my opinion disturbingly so i get a sense that the eff does it more than anybody else but then someone like the minority front from from chatsworth or phoenix and i listen to them the other like i can't believe what they're saying right mm. but but don't they do that because it works i'm looking at the example of brexit it you know it, it worked it, it it played on the fears of an entire nation of people 
and they voted in a referendum according to those fears. Yeah, it does. And uh, if there's any if there's any solace to be taken, I think it's from the fact that politics the world over is 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 just democratic politics. Democratic party party politics is 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 going through a very polarizing moment. And I think that the advent of social media is actually driving that polarization as well because people are living in these social media bubbles where they reinforce their predispositions with information that is served directly for their tastes. And that's that's partly which goes back to your question about why am I somewhat averse to party politics mm-hmm. is is we need to actually think outside of that space as well. That space is really important. But in the 21st century, that's not the only place where you can change people's minds, where you can have Absolutely. a democratic yeah. outcome. And in fact, I think that the media in general plays such an important role. You know, one of the ways that my ideas have changed is I used to think that politics drove the media. Mm. Now mm. I think the media very much drives politics. Is this on the basis of your platform of 10 days or, or something else? No, no. This this is why I decided this platform okay. you know, is is important and, and the people who are working on this and, and the team behind this platform, I think, share this, this view is that if you can – if you can – shape a conversation that is in many ways often more important than who has the final word on that conversation because you've set an agenda and you've you've pushed society in a certain direction and that that form of power is not as as obvious as a politician who says we're going to do this and you see it happen okay i'm gonna ask you for an example chris and tula i'm coming to you in just a minute can you give me a media example that comes to mind so not a politician a, a media house or a group shaping an agenda and that others then cotton on to it and they've run with it and whatever the outcome has been. Okay, let's, let's, I, I think there are major, major problems, especially in commercial media in South Africa, but I think the way that the, the land debate has been covered and presented, especially the amendment to section 25 has actually stoked fears and has silenced the majority of the population that, that, actually thinks land reform really matters and so instead of having a conversation in south africa or at least in the in the, in the mainstream commercial media which says we're starting a democratic debate about what needs to happen about land it became about you're going to lose your house the country's going to become venezuela mm. and every everything's going to burn and that's a very unproductive direction in which i think that conversation went so nobody actually turned around and said Hey, how did this conversation now turn into this conversation? It it happened because it was framed in that way, and there are many ways in which I think things are framed currently that prevent a productive democratic conversation. And I, I, want, to, I want to pick up on that in just a second, but let's get some of the callers. We are chatting to Cesar uh, and Paul for Walsh, and I'm always going to use the word hashtag SMWX now when I when I talk about him because mm-hmm. of that new social media or WhatsApp driven news platform. Goodness, this world is changing in front of us here. Chris from uh, Tegwini, go ahead. Hi. Hi, evening, gentlemen. How are you? Good evening, indeed. Evening. Go ahead. What's your What's your viewpoint, Chris? So, so I my, my name is Chris. I'm probably one of the youngest ward councillors in South Africa. I'm here hmm. in Etigwini. I'm really actually enjoying this conversation because, as a young person, um, I, I am a member and, and a politician in the Democratic Alliance. Hmm. And sometimes, as a young politician, you find yourself stuck between a lot of different ideologies and a lot of different ideas of where the country should be going, mm-hmm. whether or not your, your political party is, is the right at that particular time or otherwise the, the best at that particular time. Mm. But as a young person, you, you, I, I find personally myself stuck between a lot of different 
views. There are a lot of different options which are untested. And, and, and just like you've just mentioned now, driven by the media, which may be or may not be the best. But where, where do we meet each other in between? Where do we say, you know what, you know, maybe, maybe Julius Malema is right on this particular thing, but is saying it the wrong way. Maybe Musi Maimani is, is the best in this particular thing, mm-hmm. but is maybe not articulating the best way. Maybe the ANC has done this the best way, but now has become morally incompetent in this particular thing. But where, as young people, do we find a home to say, you know what, we all want a future that is built on a particular value set and a particular vision, but no one or no particular person or party is best articulating it, and we are now driven to, to divide each other as young people for what mm-hmm. we are trying to achieve as, as an outcome. Okay, good questions uh, raised, good points there. Thanks for that, Chris. Chula, in a minute, respond to that. Chris, that's that's a fantastic intervention and and a very mature intervention, which I think shows that that age and maturity are not, <laughs> not necessarily yeah. always the same thing. And it's interesting to hear someone from the DA take a step back and say, you know what? Actually, sometimes it's more productive to think about. You know, sometimes the DA is right, but sometimes it's not. And and how do we meet? And I think that's the the key question he's asking. And the short answer is that I think that's the cause of, of our generation, Chris, is that those spaces don't exist. Nobody's going to build them for us, and we need to start building those. Um, none of us can do it ourselves, but SMWX is certainly a venue for exactly that kind of conversation. Let's leave our predispositions at the door. We We, we don't leave ourselves at the door, but we say, okay, we have a different mission here, which is, for young people in South Africa and for our generation, what matters? I think another short-term thing is, you know, often young people get asked, which party do you support? I think the other question we should be asking ourselves is, whatever party we support, what are you doing to forward the cause of a new generation? Are you supporting candidates that come from a new generation? Are you pushing policies that put young people at the focus? So, if you like the DA, fine, I'm not going to change your mind on that. If you like the ANC or the EFF, I'm not going to change your mind. But what I think we can all agree on is how do whatever party we're talking about, how do we make sure that agenda is at the forefront of all political parties um, thinking? And it's certainly not there at the moment. I agree with you. Chula, let's get your thoughts. Hi, Chula. Yeah, hi, Cesar. Bob. Yes, uh, I would like to get your opinion. Uh, I think I've got two Questions. First question is that what do you think about the opposition parties who always do not bring across their their proposition, political proposition to the to the to the voters by expressing their own policy and selling their own policy? Um, I know it's politics, but without uh, referring or using the failures of the ruling party. Don't you think that it's an opportunistic politics? Because if they sell their own uh, political proposition, I believe it is, if it is credible enough, it would sell without actually discrediting the other party. That's my first question. If you can answer that, that's one, then I'll, I'll make Okay, just to, okay, hold on, right? Uh, quickly, uh, Sizwe? Sure, Tula. I, I think I agree with you to some extent that it's important for opposition parties and it's actually crucial for our democracy that opposition parties start presenting voters with real alternatives about what they want to do but i disagree to the extent that opposition parties shouldn't point out the failures in the in the current government i think they need to do both 
I think there have been serious failures that, that have to be identified and pointed, pointed out. But you're perfectly right to say that that's not enough. Nobody's going to vote for anyone because they say we failed. I think we, we can all see the damage that's that's been caused around us. The question is, we have a bit of a dilemma right now, I think, in South Africa. And it looks like it's, I think it's probably set to continue, which is that I think many people recognize that the current, let's put it, the status quo is fundamentally broken. But because the status quo is so powerful and, and so widespread, it's very diff- difficult to imagine what a different kind of status quo would look like. And actually, the opposition parties are relatively weak in comparison to just the, the size of, 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 say, the ANC, for example. So on the one hand, people realize there's a deep need for change. But on the other hand, it's very hard to convince them that something different could actually could actually manifest very very soon and i think that's a bit of a dilemma that that we all face in the country and it just means we we have to do work to to resolve the kind of problems that we mm. all see okay and, and the second part of the question uh or the second question chula i know your father is um eff i don't know whether you are eff or not <laughs> but are you eff or not no uh I am not a member of the EFF okay. and... Uh, okay, okay. No, no, that's fine. This is my other question, is that if your your opinion based on the methodology of the EFF to propose their policy, normally to, 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 to present their approach, they always like use violence, forceful and threatening language. Um, do you think they are able to sell their ideology or they are using people's uh, frustrations and emotions on an assumption that the ruling party is failing however one can argue and say one if you want to determine whether the ruling party is failing or not look at how the changes in the economy is, is happening is it because they are failing or is it because the economy isn't performing because at some stage you will realize that what is happening is that we are transiting from the time whereby we were not globalized. Now we are open to the global mm, market, mm, mm. and we are not ready for that because our skills are not at the level. So we are competing with the big players, with the big boys. So then we become the small boys in the in the global market. So is it, is it, then one could say that for the ruling party, it's not the, the internal factors that affect the, how they govern or the state of the economy is the external aspect of which they've got no control of because we have been under apartheid now we are open okay. to globalization. Yeah. All right, got that. Tula, let's, let's get Cesar to respond to that. Thanks for that call, right? Uh, that's the last call I think I'm going to take and then we'll get further thoughts on Cesar's opinions on the political parties themselves. I really want to ask him that. Right? Sure. Uh, Tula, I think his, his, his question is predicated on, on a very bothering assumption um, which reveals the patriarchy in our society which is that people think that the most powerful man in someone's life necessarily informs their political actions. Um, and that's, that's classical patriarchy, literally. Mm-hmm. It's, it's thinking that everyone in a family or, or everyone in a society you know, sets their life up to serve some big man around them. Um, so this notion that because someone's father happens to support a political party you must also f- support that i think is 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 really is really ill conceived so i'm not here to 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 
to be a spokesperson for the EFF, uh, Tula, but I, I'd be happy to give my opinion on on questions of whether the failures are about the external global environment or their internal. You know, sure, there was a financial crisis in 2008, and, it, you know, nobody's saying mm-hmm. that the ANC should have pre- prevented that. I'm not sure that the global capital markets explain the fact that we've had rolling electricity blackouts for 12 years, four administrations, and four different cabinets. You know, that's not the fault of anyone but the governing party, quite frankly. Um, you know, when I look at... Because we've, we've been too patient, right? We've been we've patient. Been we've said... We, as excuse all absolutely. The time. We, I mean, I've heard of second chances, but I've never heard of giving second chances <laughs> to second chances. Yeah. And, four or five chances. Well, there you exactly. Are. And so I think that that's an easy way out. When we look at how broken our society is, we say, no, someone else contributed. Maybe in part, but what we can change is what we have failed to do. And I think there are many failures okay. to point out. I'm going to pick up certainly what, what needs fixing, and we'll get, that, we'll get further on that issue from Seasway in Puffer Walsh right after this. No, 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 no. I remember. Not again. But I'm trying, my love. Well, you need to get help. Are you struggling to get things started in your relationship? At Men's Clinic, we have the expertise to help you reignite the spark. SMS help to 32110 or send a please call me to 072-315-2574. Woo! <laughs> yes! That's my man! Keys and C's apply. SMSs cost one red. From power plants and rail corridors to car factories and space science, Crema Media's engineering news offers comprehensive coverage of South Africa's real economy and the companies and people that make it tick. Subscribe now at engineeringnews.co.za. Crema Media's engineering news, not just for engineers. At SAFM Radio and at Ashraf Gada on Twitter. Uh, I don't want to forget the Seasway Info for Walsh with me. Your, that news, the WhatsApp-driven news for youth platform, right? Uh, somebody asked the question like, how do I get it? What, what do I do? So one, you're going to tweet me later on. You can do that with pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but what, what should a person do? You can find me on all social media platforms at Cizwempo for Walsh, and you'll see the, the link in my bio. You can also visit smwx.co.za, and you'll be able to click right through to WhatsApp from that website. So that's the website, smwx.co.za. Otherwise, just your platforms and the links are there. Yeah, okay, it's pretty simple, but please send us the links to that. Sure. One of the picks that, one of the issues that came up from the discussion we, from the previous caller is something I probably raised before, what... I always find it an anomaly that you know, we, we, we sort of indirectly vote in a president. Uh, you know, then the party finally puts him up as the president mm. or her up as a president at that stage. And then by and large, the president almost by decree gets to choose a cabinet, which is really where the real power lies. Okay? What, what would stop us from, from having the cabinet by and large being representative of... Of, of the voting population that means if if the EFF is some are suggesting they get 10 or 12 percent of the vote mm. then effectively 12 percent of the cabinet of 20 people should be the EFF and so on and so on yeah okay and that that moves away from from party allegiances because that would mm. answer that question about like get the right people for the job so it's possible an EFF person may well be the right minister of finance and the DA guy may be the minister for for agriculture or land affairs yeah. and let's get that person in place Meaning you put the country above everything else. That that would be wonderful. Um, I think, as you've already said, that the way that politics works right now and, and the zero-sum nature of politics would would make that unlikely. I think it would probably be a better government. Hmm. And um, 
Why, they, why do you think it's unlikely? Because what? Selfishness? What? I think so. I think there's a lot of patronage that goes through these government positions and and parties and leaders and parties and factions and parties across all parties, you know, entrench themselves by by distributing this patronage and, and by offering people jobs for loyalty. So there's a big there's a big problem there. But w- w- what I do think maybe the next best prize is is actually to always make sure that we have a competitive parliament. So I'm not saying at any one time one party has to has to always win, but I think where we do need to get to our, in our democracy is that one party can't just go behind closed doors, take a decision, and then no matter what, it, that's it, the it final hold, decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need different ideas to be competing with each other and and for any party in government in any province or in any parliament to know that if they really mess up then unfortunately they have to sit it out and and just wait and and just think about what they've done okay it's a good move then to the the, we've got five minutes left and i'm going to rush you on a range of issues here so so quick assessment on the government like a one minute on the government for as opposed to the anc well any comments you want to make about Okay, what are they? What's working with the government? What's not? If they're getting a four, they're in trouble. I think, <laughs> I think there's very, the, you know, it's it's really hard to find victories. The, the biggest victory I would say probably in the last decade is, is the provision of antiretroviral medicines and and the the way that mother to child HIV transition uh, transmission has has really plummeted. I think that's that's a, a massive victory, one that we should all be thankful okay. for. Three three big failures from government: rolling electricity blackouts for 12 years, a failure to grapple with the land issue and uh, a lack of accountability in the most senior leaders. Okay. Let's then talk political party. I'll get to the ANC just now. Mm. Uh, DA. So what's working? What what are they doing that's working? What are they doing that's not working? I think what the DA does well is govern in the suburbs and the, the, the metropolitan cities and yeah, I think that's that's good. I think they've also done a, a lot of good work on anti-corruption in parliament. So, for example, exposing this recent revelation about the president's son mm-hmm. um, and, and their work on, on uh, Nganja. So I think they do good good work in, in fighting corruption as well. Okay, what, where are they going wrong then? I mean, the DA, I think, is, is huge. Is, is not just tone deaf because people often say they're tone deaf. No, no, they know very well the tone they're striking <laughs> and they still go with it. And so their inability to grapple with racial inequality, I think, is just a joke. And unless they wake up, I, I don't see that. Why, why, why you know. do you think they're unable to give me an example of why you say what you say? Yeah, I think they're confused. I think they're trying to hold on to a conservative base and also grow and become more progressive. And it seems to me that they've become caught between those two perspectives and they don't know which one they really want to be. And so if I were to, to say any one word, it would be. It would be vague. It would be, I, I don't know what their commitment what, what is. What they stand for. They, yeah. they don't have a direct, it doesn't appear like they have a direct marketing thrust, isn't right, it? Right, yeah. right. Okay, the EFF? So what's working, what's not? What's, let, let's start with what's not working. I think that the party can do a lot better on questions of gender. I think although there are a number of women in parliament, at the higher levels of the party, it's still very masculine, very male-dominated. And I think that the EFF needs to do a lot of work, not just to speak about gender representation, but to make sure that even at the highest levels of the party, um, women's voices come to the fore. I think in terms of what they've done well, I would say their legal strategy around anti-corruption, and especially the work they've done 
in getting President Jacob Zuma to be held accountable was excellent. And I think bringing questions of land and questions of race to the forefront of our political debate is is much needed. Okay, the ANC? The ANC... Uh, sure. Am I going with right or wrong? Well, go for both. <laughs> You've got a minute for yeah, both. Yeah. Look, look, I think that um, one thing that they're doing, they're starting to do well right now is putting more young voices in parliament. I'm really excited to see people like Fasiha Hassan, people like Nom Pendulo Mkatwa uh, being put on parliamentary lists. And I think that's an encouraging sign. I think some of the appointments in, in state institutions um, at least suggest there may be better appointments in, in the state. Um, and, and I think I've spoken at length about the, the many failures. Are they, are they an extension of, or is government an extension of the ANC? I think so. And I think that's part of, of the problem. Okay. Uh, picking up on your Caesar in Porfu Walsh uh, initiative, mm. right? Is this scope for a, for a youth party? Because if, if, I, if I take the natural extension of all the things you've said about well, they're not listening to us. Let's just create our own platform. So the yeah. next logical is like, let's create our own political party. Maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, there are two scenarios. Maybe, maybe yes. Maybe there, there needs to be a formal political voice that's just unapologetically about youth issues. But then the other scenario is that politics is already a bit outdated and it's about young people creating platforms and spaces that aren't necessarily tied to any one of the major parties. And, and we've got about a minute to go. Uh, maybe three things very quickly, if you can, mm. in terms of three biggest issues that country needs to, to win at immediately. The crisis of sexual violence and gender-based violence, number one. Number two, land reform. And number three, the accessibility of quality education. Okay, And here's a South African question, not a party political question to wrap up with. What would be the right outcome of election 2019? I think the right outcome of election 2019 would be a situation in which whoever wins, the competition in our parliament is such that if the incumbent wins, they know that they will be held to account and that they have to speak to the people of South Africa through the parliament and not through some backdoor meeting. And, and leave us with one. Many people are despondent about South Africa. Mm. So one bit of hope that you see that we can hang on to. I see a new generation rising up and a new energy building and a new future being built by a new generation of young South Africans. And that gives me much hope as we move into a new era in our country. And you're a good example of that, uh, absolutely. That's where we can leave it. Seize where Impoffle wants. 10,000 subscribers, I think, and counting for a nine or 10 day old WhatsApp group, well, WhatsApp news group platform that just shows it works. Great chatting to you. Thanks for being our big eater for the night. Such a pleasure absolutely. to be with you. Absolutely. There you are. Seize where Impoffle wants. Something to consider. We'll talk about other issues in a moment. Let's get the news. It's nine o'clock.